0: Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code birthqueen, all in caps, Because you know you are. But you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're going to get 30 days free in My Mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want. Boo hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my Newborn Academy, bonus three, the birth coach class, bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class, along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my Birthing Waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students. Every Wednesday, we have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labornursemama.com forward slash the word calm. C-A-L-M, labornursemama.com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. One of the things that I teach my girls is that it's not a birth plan, it's a birth map. And at the end of the map is this amazing destination, like you're going to Disney World and you get up and if you were headed to Disney and the road was blocked, you wouldn't be like, screw it, it's all terrible, not doing it. You make the detours as needed. Welcome to the Birth Experience Podcast. I'm Trish Ware, a longtime labor and delivery RN turned online birth educator slash virtual doula. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering mini babies in my 16-plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse, and as a mom of seven, I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice from your provider. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. I am so excited about today's guest. She is someone that I personally have been following and watching on Pinterest for many years now and just loving her content and her education, especially for pregnant women and for mamas in all walks of life. So today our guest is Hillary, and I'm going to just let you tell just a little bit about yourself and tell them who you are and what you do.
1: Hey, Trish. So excited to be here. So my name is Hilary Erickson. I started the blog Pulling Curls in 2005. I'm an internet dinosaur. But then in about 2014, I really started ramping up my content. And I thought I would just dip my toe into pregnancy information because I've been a labor nurse. I started being a labor nurse in 2001. Um and I was a little bit nervous. I was worried that my work might be mad, but they weren't. And everybody seemed to love it. So I'm one of the like original like pregnancy bloggers that gave like actual good information on their website. And then it's just progressed. I now have a second website called The Pregnancy Nurse. I have a podcast, the Pulling Curls podcast, pregnancy and parenting untangled, um, where we just try and simplify everything, make it easier for families to understand. And I also have a home organization course because I can't focus on one thing at a time and like one and getting your family like in a routine. So I just like to put all my spoons in all the pots and dabble (laughs) in lots of different places.
0: I love that though, because I think it's very reflective of us as moms. I feel the same way. Like, we're so dynamic as mothers and women. And I think when you're able to speak into all those things, why not? So I remember when I first started seeing your stuff, and it probably was like 2015, 16, that I was seeing it on Pinterest, and I was like, oh, I love this. And she's a labor nurse. And so I think it's really exciting and fun that people have the different options for different quality birth education, because I agree with you, it needs to be one that you need to do your due diligence when you're choosing birth education for sure. Obviously, the name of my new podcast is The Birth Experience with Labor Nurse Mama. So I wanted to ask you as a labor nurse, a sister labor nurse, how do you feel like your own birth experiences? Because I'm assuming you were having babies throughout those years that you were a labor nurse. So yes, yeah. First kid
1: was not a labor nurse. I was young and I worked geriatrics when I had my first baby. And I don't know. I was just so lost. I took them. Yeah. I'd done nursing school and I worked for a pediatrician. That was my other like side gig. I worked for a pediatrician doing their night emergency clinic. So lost. Had not a clue. Just not a clue.
0: Which And is sad. did you take a class? <laughs> yes,
1: but I mostly took the class for my husband. I helped deliver babies for months at the mm-hmm. hospital. I just was oblivious apparently to what it was going to change.
0: How do you feel that your birth experiences formed the way in which you became the labor nurse that you developed into?
1: My second baby, I think I had been a labor nurse for three years, two or three years. So I don't know that it changed that much. I will say that as a labor nurse, you are extremely nervous when you have a baby. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm so anxious. I'm like, you literally have no idea Mm. how Uh anxious a labor nurse Uh is. Like you have to turn the monitor away, all that kind of stuff. And then by my last, I had been a labor nurse for eight years. And so I think that one, all of a sudden I was like, wow, that nurse really helped me. (laughs) Because you get into, this is just what I do, you know, is it really helping anybody? But I remember sitting there being like, I really do make a difference. I didn't think that, remembered, what a big difference you can make. Mm -hmm. Educating, telling a mom that she's got it and she's going to be 100% fine. Everything's fine. This is totally normal. Things like that. So... I think that's mostly what it was. And then I just was more of a cheerleader probably after that, maybe than I had been at the beginning. And then the longer you are a labor nurse, the more you're just like, we've got this. Everything's fine. Unless we don't have it. And then you're just quiet and running. But
0: (laughs) yeah, it's so funny because I've told my students, I really feel because I've been a labor and delivery nurse for 16 years. So I really feel like. It took me the first five years to figure out my groove as a labor and delivery nurse, and I agree with you. When I had Grayson, oh my goodness, I was more of a wreck than (laughs) – because my older kids, I had all before I became a labor nurse. And then Lainey was right as I became a labor nurse. I was very green. Didn't know. I thought I knew everything, knew nothing. But with Grayson, I remember when I was pushing him. Now, mind you, he's my sixth baby. And I hear, bump, bump, boom. And she's, don't push so fast. And I was like, heck no, he's out. (laughs) Like He's coming out because I could hear it and we can count those pretty quick. I was like, oh my God, he's in the 60s right now. It was, yeah. And even with him... I felt like I remember grabbing my ex-husband because I was being induced because I was on and they took me off. And so I remember grabbing him by the shirt, tell them to turn the Pitocin off. And in hindsight, I was like, why didn't I just turn it off? I was like, such a mess. But I found out later that they had my Pitocin on double the actual limit of what they're supposed to have. That hospital, it was a a horrible experience. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I wanted to first because I was looking through your blog again and checking out stuff since I started following you, you used to have it all in one blog, correct?
1: Pulling curls was the main thing up until 2020. Yep.
0: That's what I thought. Okay. So I was looking at it and I was looking at your about and I started dying laughing when I read your little statement about being an expert at putting in men's catheters because I'm pretty sure I did that the first year of my nursing I did med surge everyone told me do med surge for at least a year before you do labor and delivery cuz that's what I went to school for labor and delivery and I'm so thankful that I don't have to do <laughs> male catheters but they are really a lot easier especially than a catheter right after delivery oh yeah mm-hmm
1: a lot of people go, oh, which one's easier? And I'm like, oh, man.
0: I uh, really? <laughs>
1: <like a> <laughs> Although, shot. <laughs> you do have to have a hand free, because it was old men. And on TikTok, there are all these nurses saying that they've been assaulted. And I'm like, every single month, I would go to these guys' houses. And one hand would be like batting them away while trying to stay sterile. And,
0: <laughs> and it's them- such a... I remember as a new nurse, it was so awkward for me. I was like, oh, this is so awkward. And... Also, when they had prostate problems, that was a nightmare. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I, I remember I couldn't get one in to save my life for one of these guys that I had. But,
1: anyways, I feel like it's the same as when the baby's really low. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever the baby's head's kind of low, d- I'm p- like, oh, our prostate's enlarged. I just kinda- yeah. got
0: <laughs> It's so funny. Like, I am so like, there is really nothing during birth that grosses me out or makes me sick. I, I had a patient one time that I was putting her catheter in, and she literally sat up and puked all over me, like from here down onto me, like from my head down into, like I had my Apple watch on. It was bad, but she did not hit the sterile field. You know what I did? I've <laughs> finished, right finished the catheter. But- being a nurse is so glamorous yes it's so much fun I do love it and like we were talking we've both kind of uh, transitioned from working on the floor to doing education online and this crazy job full-time and I do miss it I really miss doing it I would love to be able to deliver babies like in some sort of mission or something where I could volunteer but no one does that We are both very passionate about pregnancy and birth education, and you go into motherhood education and and all of that. So one of the things that I'm super passionate about, and I tell my people all the time, because you and I both have birth courses, I tell them all the time, you need to take a birth class. I hope you choose mine, but if not, you need to take a birth class because we both have seen the repercussions of an uneducated patient. And so I I wanted to just ask you, what do you think is like the most critical reason or the the most important reason that someone should be educated before? I
1: think the most important thing is probably you're just going to love your birth more. You're going to come out being like, I totally did that. This is so exciting. What a fun day. I always compare it to riding a roller coaster in the dark, which I love Space Mountain. I go to Disneyland frequently and that's super fun. But when it's your baby and it's totally unknown, like that's just a little bit scary. I also really feel like all so much birth trauma is due to people. I don't want to put the blame entirely on the patients, but a lot of times it's just because you didn't know that XYZ could happen. Or so many people are shocked that 30% of people have C-section. So you need to come in, like being aware that is a, a, a likely chance, especially on your first baby. And so I think when people are educated with those things, it can really make a difference. And I also think it's really important to involve your partner in it so that they're not just sitting over in the corner on their phone, because I've definitely seen that. That's so
0: frustrating. (laughs) So I have a bonus class that I give during my live launches that's called the coach class. And in it, I specifically have a module on what they should not be doing during the birth and what they should be doing. And during each stage, because yes, there's literally nothing more frustrating than when... They're on their phones or like laying down and she's laboring and I'm like, no, this
1: is not okay. That being said, there are times that you can look at your phone, especially if she's sleeping. Maybe she just got some pain medicine. Leave her alone. Don't.
0: Yeah. If she's actively laboring and needs companionship. Yes. Yeah, I know. And I always love to when a dad is, I am so tired. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, you're in big trouble, buddy. Anyway. I think that's great. Yeah. Because I agree with you that my birth courses were birthed from my DMs and the birth trauma and realizing that a lot of it was because they left their birth and they really didn't know what happened to them because they weren't educated. I and the one that tipped me over was I had someone you'll love this. She told me that she ended up having a C-section because she was 12 centimeters dilated and they were worried. <laughs> and I was like, someone didn't communicate well. That was not good she just communication. didn't hear. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. And that's how the VBAC lab was born as well, because a lot of my previous C-section mamas just listening to their stories and realizing had they had a little more education and spoke up. And, and I tell my girls all the time, it's not like you have, most of the time they don't have to fight their providers They just have to ask the right questions and speak up. And a lot of times it's as simple as when a provider says, we're going to go ahead and schedule your induction for 39 weeks. And they say, I really don't want to be induced. I'd rather go let my body go into labor. And then they're like, oh, okay. That's the majority of the response that they get. But if they don't speak up, they won't know. And if they don't ask clarifying questions... They won't know that it's that simple. One of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about, because I feel like this is something I personally struggle with, is simplifying. And I know you create a lot of content. You have some amazing courses about simplifying and decluttering. And I think that's something that a lot of women and moms struggle with because we do have a lot of things that we're juggling. Yay, you're pregnant, but... That also means you're gonna have to deliver a baby, which starts to get more than a little bit scary the closer you get. So watching TV, watching movies is not exactly helpful. And sometimes talking things over with other mamas doesn't do too much good either, especially if they're sharing their horror stories. But let me tell you a secret. After giving birth to six babies myself, and delivering thousands as a high-risk labor and delivery nurse, I can tell you that those depictions in movies are not what you need to be thinking about right now. Is labor a gentle stroll in the park on a breezy spring day? Nah, not exactly. But if you prepare, if you train, and you understand exactly what to expect, it's gonna go a lot easier than you think. Which is why I have my free on-demand workshop all about managing pain during labor. My four insider secrets to an incredible birth experience without fear, whether you're going for an epidural or not, is going to benefit you. Because spoiler alert, epidural does not mean pain-free. And that's a whole nother class. But in this class, I'm going to be teaching you my four top tips for creating the environment and the mindset that you need. And by the time it's over, you're going to feel empowered and prepared to take the next steps in your delivery story. I'm going to show you essential tools. I'm going to tell you what's important, what you need to focus on. And I'm going to give you all my mindset hacks that will help you embrace the pain of labor. Nope, I'm not kidding. You're going to be excited about the pain of labor. You only get one shot at birthing this baby, mama. So don't rely on well-meaning friends who didn't train for labor the proper way to shape your experience or to scare you silly. Labor is intense, but it's also incredibly rewarding if you do it right. So let me teach you how to take control of your fears so you can create an epic birth plan and have the best experience possible and actually look forward to childbirth. Check out the show notes. We've got a link to our free birth workshop. You can jump into it right now. I wanted to just get some tips from you for pregnant mamas and new moms on how they can simplify their lives just to transition a little easier or ways that you feel are, are important.
1: Yeah, I think it's so important. I, I definitely am on the same page of my brain can easily spiral out of control and make everything way more complicated. So it's a process for all of us, I think. But as far as like pregnant moms or especially moms, after you've had a baby, it can seem so complicated. And I'm on TikTok and I see all the things about holding your baby, not letting him cry to sleep, all these different kinds of things. And I think the two things I always use is what is my priority? And your priority might be different. Some days your priority might be, I have got to get some sleep. And some of your other priority days might be like, let's just show this baby lots of love. So decide what your priority is. And then also what's working for you. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you can't spoil your baby by holding it too much. And so sometimes I would feel like I need to hold this baby all the time. But that was just like way too much stimulation for me. So I really wanted to put the baby down sometimes. And so I basically trained my kids to also really like the bouncer. They liked being held, but they also like being the bouncer or the swing or, you know, I was making it work for both of us instead of just like spiraling out of control and feeling like I had to hold this baby all the time because he would squirm and grunt if I didn't hold him. I also needed to be happy as well. So that was a priority for me as well. So I think sometimes that can really help. And my other tip always is you don't have to make like every decision for the rest of your life today, (laughs) because I think a lot of people are like, my labor plan involves, I'm not going to have an induction and I'm, they're not going to break my water and I'm not going to get an epidural. And I'm like, those are great plans. I love your plans. I love a good plan. Cause I'm a total planner. Like I'll have my Disneyland packing list hundred percent in my head, but then you get to the day of and, um, it's raining. It's going to
0: rain that week. And so you have to change what you're bringing to Disneyland. So you and I um, are definitely alike in a lot of ways. Cause I am a Disney world fan. Yeah. You're closer to Disney world, but I have travel spreadsheets. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I also have that, but I also like to like which bag am I going to take? I have a, all that planned out in my I mind. Too, which all bag all am I going to take in the
0: park? So and then I, I think- color code what's going in my bag that I'm <laughs> taking in the park, and what's I love <laughs> it's that so bad, but it keeps me saying.
1: Yeah, so you just don't have to decide everything that day. You can have plans, things that you want. I prefer not to be induced. I was totally in that camp. My last baby, I went 12 days over because I really didn't want to be induced. But then my doctor sat me down and was like, Hillary, she named all the reasons. I had a fourth degree tear with one baby. I was like glucose intolerant, which is diabetic. I don't even know if that's a term anymore. The things she said made sense. It was time to be induced. So I got induced, like life went on. And I made it such a big deal in my mind because I had this plan that I didn't want to be induced. Whereas it totally went fine. I wouldn't let them break my water all day because I didn't want them to break my water. And then as soon as they broke my water, I had the baby like 45 minutes later. I like I walked in at five centimeters. My uterus was just like, I'm
0: done. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, that was my last my six because I have a pattern with the last four, not the first two, but the last four that I stay at three, I stay at three, I stay at three, I stay at three, I push them out. That's my (laughs) pattern. But it messes with my head every time. And my midwife, the last time she said, I want you to think about your uterus. It's like a rubber band that's been shot one too many times and now it's just floppy. And I was like, thank you. That's wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to bleed out? That just, that's I not don't a great know. sign. She said it just wasn't effective, but I pushed that baby out. So, whatever.
1: Whatever. Um, it's
0: fine. One of the things that I teach my girls is that it's not a birth plan, it's a birth map. And at the end of the map is this amazing destination. Like you're going to Disney World and you get up. And if you were headed to Disney and the road was blocked, you wouldn't be like, screw it. It's all terrible. Not doing it you make the detours as needed. And that's what I do with my students is I try to lay out all the things so that they know and they're not surprised because it's a brand new experience. I tell them there's no hard no's or yeses when it comes to labor and delivery, because you can say, I will never get a vacuum. I'm never doing that. I will never until your baby's down in the 60s. And they say, if I put a vacuum on, we can deliver right now. You're going to be like, heck yeah put the vacuum on. So I try to tell my girls the same thing. Like you can't have any hard nos or yeses in labor and delivery because you will really mess yourself up your mind up. Cause then you feel like you made a, you failed or something, Yeah, you know, I
1: think it's definitely birth preferences or birth ideas, or honestly, I think it's just a birth discussion. Because at least yeah. you've talked about it with your partner, or thought about it in your own mind. Partners may not want to get a B be like induction or stuff like that, but the hepatitis B immunization, like all the things that you can go through with your partner, um, and just have some ideas of how you were, you're hoping. Mm-hmm. If we have the option to go on the teacups or the Matterhorn, I'm picking Matterhorn. But if the Matterhorn's yeah. a twelve. 12- hour wait, I'm going to pick the teacups.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Most important part is that they're an active part of their decisions and they understand what's going on. And like you said, they'll leave their birth loving their experience instead of regretting or wondering or all the what ifs and all those things that can drive you mad.
1: Yeah, I think most people don't understand how so many patients literally have zero preferences or ideas and you ask them a question and they just blink at you. There's not even a response a lot of the time. And so you're like, normally
0: we would say do this. Are you okay yeah. with that? And then they're like, yeah. I think <laughs> that's like, my big I think great. one of the things that comes to my mind immediately is baby medications. A lot of people in my career are like, "Oh, I don't know like they like really were not prepared for those immediate parenting decisions that you make or
1: even who your pediatrician is
0: yeah and that's when I do my birth plan consults with my girls I ask them when I do the birth plan and because I'm trying to help that labor nurse out (laughs) so they're thinking about it four weeks ahead of time instead of then yeah I wanted to ask you this. What is something that you would consider your superpower?
1: Beyond simplifying, I think I'm pretty good at just like boiling things down to like your decisions. But I think my other superpower is probably communication because I think so often in our society, people just want to be like one way or the other. But I think we can easily communicate in the hospital and help people to understand better help providers to do things better but instead we just want to throw our hands up and be like I don't want to do anything and so even in the hospital a lot of it was just like talking to people about how they could talk with their doctor more how they could communicate with me better how I could communicate with them better and just helping people understand that just like in marriage, communication is almost always the issue In kids raising kids, especially like teenagers, spouse, mm. hospitals, workplaces, mm-hmm. and just trying to make sure that people are communicating what their actual wants and needs are instead of being gruff or just not even communicating, just like shutting down because things aren't going the way they want.
0: And that just goes back to what we were talking about before. It's the same in all walks of life. If you don't communicate, but then you start getting in your head thinking that the other person should know what it is you're wanting, and then it sets you up for negativity and bitterness. So I think you're right. Communication is so important. And it takes time to learn those skills, especially for patients, because they're very intimidated by the healthcare team and feel like I, a lot of what I hear from my students, because we do weekly coaching calls and once every four or five weeks, just trying to get them all, I do communicating with your providers and we talk it through. And the thing I hear the most is they're afraid to tell them what their preferences are because they feel like they're going to offend their providers. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they're going to offend them in a way where. Like, like the provider thinks I'm the educated one and I'm the expert. And so I try to talk them through, no, don't like talk to your nurse, talk to your doctor. Like you won't know until you talk to them. So I try to get them doing that during their prenatal visits instead of waiting until the end, and they ask me all the time, "When do I start talking about my birth pre- preferences?" From the beginning, start having dialogues every visit. Talk about different things that that you're learning and you want to know about and what you're preferring. Because you're right, like each situation is different. So what might be a good preference for me may not work for you, and your provider can talk you through that and whether or not it works or not. I have a, a lip question for you to throw one at you. What would your husband say is your superpower? Probably
1: keeping things funny. <laughs> I think he thinks I'm fun and also extremely organized because, yeah, probably being super, super organized, but also so, fun. So I'm a good combo. Is he organized? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've some, think- some ways... Yeah. But we organize in very different ways. I record in his studio and I'm always like, oh, I just really want to clean this. But I'm like, I'm just
0: going to focus on the screen and record. My husband and I just got married in June of 2020 and he is has never been married. And so he not only married me, but I have seven kids. One is a 16-year-old girl. That's a lot. And then my son was five. I have organized mess spots, you know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. but.
0: They're not very visible or what have you. He's always done his own thing. So if he came home from work and laid his keys on the counter, they were there the next day. (laughs) But now he has a wife and she has a key basket. He's always just had his own place and nothing ever moved. Like things didn't move. (laughs) And he could put his hat on the top of the lamp. It wasn't a problem. (laughs) He didn't mind it.
1: I got married at 21, so we literally had nothing. So we've all just
0: grown up together at this house. That was me and my ex-husband. We got married 20 and 21. We were together 25 years. So we grew up, one of us grew up together. (laughs) Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. Well, My
1: husband produces my podcast, though. Like, he is so good about fixing stuff and also
0: details. Yeah, for sure. That's my husband's strong points. It's been a world of a difference. I highly recommend marrying a man who's had to take care of himself for a long time. (laughs) He's so appreciative of little things, things that I would never even think twice that are even like a blessing to him. He's so appreciative. But yeah, he brings skills to the table that I definitely don't have. But my son does my podcast. He's a musician and does sound. And that has been a funny experience because my very first recording was all about vaginal tearing. (laughs) Yeah. And he's in his 20s.
1: 13 14 year old at the time edited my prenatal class videos he has a youtube channel now but (laughs) yep he knows all about how to have a baby he was like mom I don't need to take sex ed and I was like no you know how the baby comes out not how to not make a baby that's totally different
0: (laughs) yes you need to take that class I know Elias (laughs) said to me after the first couple editing he goes I am never gonna giggle anything you say (laughs) i was like no problem but it has been interesting knowing that he's editing but anyway so where can my guests find you
1: So if they're pregnant, they can find me at the pregnancy nurse. And then I continue on. Um, I talk about parenting teenagers quite frequently and parenting adults on the Pulling Curls website. So if you're listening to my podcast, the Pulling Curls podcast, you get I alternate between a pregnancy podcast and then a life podcast on just like different things. Last week, it was on what to do when you're just super, super mad. So I really like to just dabble in lots of different things. So I would love for them to come find me. I'm on TikTok,
0: Instagram, Facebook, Pulling curls or the
1: pregnancy nurse.
0: So you have both on all the different social
1: medias? Pulling curls doesn't do much on TikTok. It's mostly the pregnancy nurse.
0: And explain pulling curls really quick.
1: I have curly hair and I had a one-year-old at the time that I was starting this website. It was basically just a mom blog. Everybody was like, champagne and toast or what makes me different? And I was like, my hair, but my... One-year-old used to suck his thumb and twirl his hair and pull it out. And I was, like, pulling my hair out with two little boys. My husband was a band director and never home. And pulling – The It's just – would I name
0: it that now? We'll never know because yeah. that's what it is. So I'm sure I, – I think maybe you would remember when I started, it was Habibi House. Yes, And that is such a special name to me because I've done a lot of travel in Middle Eastern countries and I have such a heart for that culture. And Habibi means it's like a term of endearment that Mm -hmm. someone would say like my baby or my beloved or what have you. So I was like, this is the best name in the world. Never thinking logically that no one would know what that means and that it would get me a lot of unwanted attention from Middle Eastern men.
1: Oh, congratulations.
0: So it's now just labor nurse mama.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I, I will still... say when I'm at conferences, people will be like oh, pulling curls. I think it's very memorable. Yeah, You'll probably remember that more than my actual name.
0: But yeah, yeah, for sure. It was so nice to have you on today. Thank you so much for coming in and hanging out with me. And I'm excited to do your podcast as well. Yeah, Truth. Stay tuned. <laughs> You'll hear us both. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the birth experience with labor nurse mama. Such a blast talking to Hillary about all the things, especially getting our butts organized. I definitely need some help in that area. Next week, we're going to be talking about big babies. So if you follow me on Instagram, this is going to be a heated conversation. So hit subscribe, Mama. Don't miss an episode. They come out every Friday and take a moment to write a review with what you would love to hear me talk about and how much you love the birth experience. Thank you so much for being you. We love you guys. So appreciate you. Bye for today.